Welcome to the Kanoi Church Podcast. We're glad that you're interested in connecting through this teaching time. If you'd like to connect further, feel free to reach out to us through our website, kanoichurch.org. For now, enjoy this teaching from Kanoi Church, where our mission is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Good morning. Uh, I'm going to be talking about uh, ears this morning. No ears. Jesus told me I don't need ears to serve him. About a year and a half ago in 2018, I, I was up here speaking about construction, miracles, and promises. So I was praying I was always praying for Jesus to heal my ears so I could hear. So I'm deaf in the right ear already, and I was asking Jesus to heal my ears. But Jesus told me, he answered my prayer, but he told me I had to wait. So I figured, now I figured it out that I believe Jesus from that time till now, he's, he was preparing me for today. So now, uh, I have uh, Isaiah 43, where it says, uh, bring, bring them back to me, blind as they are, and deaf, when I call, although they see and hear. And what I get out of that is, uh, we, we can see but we don't see what Jesus wants us to see. And here, we can hear, but we ain't hearing what Jesus wants us to hear because we have too many things out there in the world today to see that I want this, I want that, you know, and all these things. And for hearing, you know, everybody's walking around. I, hear, I see so many people of all ages, walking around with things sticking in their ears, and they have the things and they crank them up, and that's what they're listening to today. They don't, they can't understand, and they can't hear Jesus speaking to them. But now, I'm, I'm deaf in my right ear. Take my hearing aid out, I can't hear. I can't hear without that hearing aid. But Jesus, Jesus told me I don't need that hearing aid to hear him speak to me because you know you have, you have three ears. You have a right and a left and an inner ear. That's what you hear with. But Jesus told me you have four ears. And the fourth ear is called the spiritual ear in here. Jesus speaks to you for the spirit, down to your spiritual ear. And this is what Jesus was speaking to me. In April, in April 14th, I, was, I wound up in the hospital. I wound up in the hospital again with a kidney stone problem. And they, uh, 
took a CAT scan and they found a kidney stone was stuck between my kidney and my bladder in the tube. Well, they did surgery on that and they couldn't find it, they said. But uh, I've been dealing with that ever since. And, uh, but that was on the 14th. The 15th, they took me down did the CAT scan. On the 16th, 2 o'clock in the morning, I was sound asleep. 2 o'clock in the morning, I heard this voice saying, Ow! My hearing aid was laying on the table, turned off. And I, I thought maybe one of the nurses came in and shook me in to wake me up. But then I realized it wasn't a nurse. It was Jesus talking to me. And Jesus put this, he put this verse in my head about eyes see, being blind and, and deaf. So, you, you know, we have too much stuff today where I was saying about things sticking in our ears. And, you know, we hear too, everybody's playing videos and stuff and all that things in their head and stuff. And uh, so you have to get all the, I'd call it junk, a lot of it junk. You have to get the junk out of your ears so you can hear, really. And you have to, to see, you have to uh, look and see, and try to see what Jesus wants you to see. There's lots of things out there, like, you know, to helping people and things, you know, you can see people in need and all those things. And, you know, we, uh, I, I don't have no things to stuff in my ears because I couldn't hear them anyhow. So uh, when I take my hearing aid out, you know, I can't hear unless somebody stands right up here and speaks right in my left ear. I can't hear without that hearing aid. So this is why I'm up here today to talk about being deaf and blind, what Jesus put that into my head. So I'm gonna, I have a thing here. I found, I got this out of the Daily Bread one. Well, Saturday, May the 4th. It says, do you find yourself in a reason of waiting? How, how can you see this as a reason of preparing instead? So I believe that's what Jesus was doing with me in 2018. I believe that's what Jesus was doing with me. He told me to wait about my ears. And I'm not concerned about my hearing anymore because now Jesus promised me at some time on his time schedule, not mine, that I'm going to have hearing again. So uh, I want to talk to everybody today. Did you know that you have four ears, that spiritual ear? And if Jesus' spirit is speaking to anyone, you know, you have to knock on, he knocking on the door, you know, and you have to open that door so Jesus can come in and speak with you and be with you. And then you can ask, like I did 40-some years ago, I asked Jesus, 
to do construction on me and take out the old and put in the new. So 40 some years ago, Jesus took my smoking and drinking away. He took it out and he put something new in. So now, ever, ever since that, I've been serving in the church. This is what Jesus wants to do with us. He wants to put new stuff in all the time. And that's what he's been doing with me. And uh, so you, you have to listen and open the door for Jesus to come in and ask Jesus to take away all the sins in your life and put in the new stuff. And, and I'll tell you one thing, Jesus took that away from me and I didn't even feel it. But Jesus will take your sins out and he'll put something new in and you won't even feel it. But you will know the difference once he does that. So anyways, uh, we have to, we have to pay attention and try to see and see what Jesus wants us to see. And also we have to clean our ears out so, and so we can hear and understand. And also we have to pay attention to that spiritual ear. Let the spirit of Jesus speak to that spiritual ear. And that's, what, that's how Jesus wants to speak with us. I never, I never heard anybody saying that Jesus was standing out on the street corner hollering, hey, George, Bill, Bob. Jesus don't do it that way. You know, I've heard people standing out on the street corners praying and stuff, but that's to get attention to themselves. Jesus don't do that. Jesus talks to you spiritually with that spiritual ear. And, that, and I... I continue to tell Jesus uh, after today, if he has anything, another time for me to speak up and speak up for him and give him the praise and the glory for it all, I'll, I'll do it again. And that's what I want to do. And uh, Jesus is putting new stuff into me. And Jesus told me I didn't need, I didn't need my ears to hear him because he's going to speak to me spiritually. And he told me, he said, you have a mouth, and since you can't do some other work and stuff, you have a mouth you can speak for me. And that's what Jesus is telling me, that you can speak. So it don't matter how old you are, that Jesus can still use us all in the church. And I believe that's what we have to do is listen to his spirit talking to us and really be sincere about and getting rid of your sins and let him do construction and tear it out and put the new stuff in so you can start working. And because every one of us is a part of the church. And if we all get together and work together, the church will function a lot better. And we'll, we'll, we'll really start to grow that way, I believe. And that's, that's just the way I think it is. And I just thank Jesus again today that he gave me the opportunity again to stand up here and speak out for him and uh, give him the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name. Pastor Rick.
And we'll leave it lay there till, okay? Yep. Till the end. I can so appreciate Al's heart, and I hope you guys can hear Al's heart and what he's saying. I mean, it's a life. Al, what did you tell me? You're 81, right? Is that right? Yeah. 81? Are you 81? <laughs> all right, all right. Al's 81. That's a lifetime of being under construction, right? There's real, real work being done in Al's life, not just at a time when smoking and drinking went out the window, but even now today he feels the spirit pushing on him, laying things on his heart, and I so appreciate hearing his heart. You know, Jesus, as he talks about the kingdom, which we're talking about in this series, he continually says, let those who have ears hear what I'm about to say, right? We've said that multiple times throughout this series. Maybe you've heard the name Kierkegaard before. Kierkegaard, is a, he was a Christian philosopher and the- theologian, and he has written some really challenging things. I've really enjoyed reading it. One of the most challenging things I've ever heard that he wrote He said this, the Bible is very easy to understand, but we Christians are a bunch of scheming swindlers. We pretend to be unable to understand it because we know very well that the minute we understand, we are obliged to act accordingly. What does it mean to love like Jesus? Truly, what does it mean to love like Jesus? What does it mean to live in a way that proves that we believe the kingdom is real and the kingdom is here? Perhaps we overcomplicate it. Perhaps we make it too hard because we know that when we understand what it means to love like Jesus, perhaps it's we overcomplicate because we know when we know how to live in a way that shows the world what the kingdom of God looks like, then we have to live that way. We overcomplicate it so that we don't have to live that way. Maybe it's as simple as praying for eyes like Jesus. Jesus, give me your eyes so that I can see the world the way that you do. Give me your eyes so that I can see the people around me the way that you see them, rather than the way that I keep making them seem. In 2008, there was a Christian artist named uh, uh, Brandon Heath. He wrote a song or he released a song, I don't know if he wrote it, called Give Me Your Eyes. And the chorus of the song goes like this, give me your eyes for just one second, give me your eyes so I can see, everything that I keep missing, give me your love for humanity. Give me your arms for the brokenhearted, the ones that are far beyond my reach, give me your heart for the ones forgotten, give me your eyes so that I can see. Perhaps we overcomplicate it. Perhaps we're making it too hard. Love the people around you. Have arms for the brokenhearted. A heart for those who are forgotten and eyes to see them all. Perhaps that should be our daily prayer to bring ourselves into God's presence. We've been saying this whole series that the kingdom of heaven is here because Jesus said it. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is near. It's all around us. And in Matthew 13 this morning, he tells two parables that we're going to look at. So if you want to open up to Matthew 13, verse 44, go ahead. But we have it on the screen. You can follow along there if you'd like. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned 
to get enough money to buy the field and to get the treasure too. Usually the first question that I hear about this parable is why in the world would somebody who isn't a pirate bury their treasure, right? It's actually really common in the ancient world. In the ancient world, this land is warred over all the time. There are so many battles being fought, other countries coming in and taking over. And so when you have to run for the hills, run for your life, to grab your family, grab your children and get out of there, the last thing that you wanna do is get weighed down with all of this stuff, all the things that are valuable, right? So what you do is you dig a hole near your house and you bury your stuff in it with the expectation that when the war is over, when the battle is over, you can come back and you can dig up your treasure and find it once again. This was just the way of life. Now, in the ancient Near East, they also have laws about this. And there's actually a law called finders keepers, believe it or not. So let's just say you're the man in the story that Jesus is telling and you're out there plowing a field. And as you plow the field, all of a sudden you dig up a treasure. Well, the treasure belongs to the person that finds it, finders keepers. But there's another law. There's a rabbinical law, a religious law. And the religious law says that the moment that you pull the treasure out of the ground, it belongs to the person who owns the ground. So finders keepers, but you better not pull it out of the ground. So what does this man do? He's a smart man. He goes home and he sells everything he has. That way he can buy the field. The treasure is his, he found it. But now he can lift it out of the ground. When he buys the field, no one can have a competing claim on the treasure. Al's talking about how we have stuff in our ears. We can't hear. There's stuff that blocks up our spiritual ear our ability to hear God, it gets in the way because there's so many competing claims on our lives. The almighty paycheck, how you look, how you sound, how you act, how you feel in public. There's so many things that are after our hearts and our minds to capture us. But this man gives up everything to make sure there is nothing that has a competing claim on what he's found. What are you willing to give up that has a competing claim on your life this morning? Something that has a hold of your mind, has a hold of your heart, it has a hold of your actions. When you come to a situation and you know how Jesus would act in that situation, you act a different way. Why is that? What has a competing claim on you? The kingdom of heaven is so worthwhile, it's so valuable. It's like a man who will sell everything to buy the field and the treasure and everything. What I love about this story is that the man finds the treasure by accident, right? He's not out there digging up a bunch of holes. He doesn't have some sort of ancient metal detector going around looking for buried treasure, right? He's in the course of his daily work and he comes across the treasure. He finds it by accident. He wasn't even looking for it. This man finds the amazing in the mundane, the extraordinary in the ordinary. And that reminds me of Brother Lawrence. Maybe you've heard of Brother Lawrence before. 
Brother Lawrence was a Catholic monk in the 1600s. He, he worked in a monastery. And for whatever reason, Brother Lawrence often got a lot of the dirty jobs, like washing dishes. And at the end of his life, people compiled his writings together, and they published it in a book called Practicing the Presence of God. And one of the things that Brother Lawrence talks about is how he experienced God in a much more real way while he's washing the dishes than in some of the religious rites that he was a part of. He found God in the ordinary. Now I think about my life, and I do a lot of ordinary things, and I'm sure we all do. We all wash the dishes and mow the grass. There's ordinary things we do every day, but I don't think that a lot of us look for Jesus in those things, but maybe we should. And if you find God in washing the dishes, won't you give up everything to keep washing the dishes? If you find God in washing the dishes, won't you trade taking out the trash for washing the dishes? Because washing the dishes is where you've heard him. To the great joy in this parable, and this parable is a parable of joy. It's a tale of thanksgiving. It's an incredible story of happiness because this man discovered something that was so valuable, it was worth selling everything to make sure that it was his. The kingdom of heaven is that valuable. And it might mean that you have to give up some ambitions. You might have to give up some dreams. But it is that valuable when you see it. It's worth everything that you could sacrifice. Likewise, Jesus tells a second parable in the verse right after it. He says this, he says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a pearl merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. Now, the first thing we notice is that it's very similar to the other story, right? There's a key difference, though. This guy finds this pearl on purpose. He's not a guy digging in a field and comes across the treasure by accident. This is a, an expert in pearls, somebody who's made his whole life about finding the best pearls, and he comes across this pearl of great value. Because in the ancient world, pearls were so special. People thought that they had something a little extraordinary about them. They were almost perfect. They loved to look at them and roll them around in their hands and contemplate their beauty and their value. Yeah, pearls are valuable and beautiful. The kingdom of heaven is also valuable and beautiful. To be in the kingdom of heaven is to do God's will. I think we've said that through this series. We've been getting there every single week, right? It's to do God's will. And if the kingdom of heaven is so beautiful like a pearl, like a treasure hidden somewhere, then doing God's will isn't some grim thing about we make it grim because of sacrifice. We have to give this thing up. Oh, I have to be so disciplined. Oh, self-denial. Oh, the, the cross is so terrible. And Guys, doing God's will isn't a grim thing. It's a beautiful thing. The kingdom of heaven is both beautiful and valuable because there's a loveliness to do God's will. A loveliness. God's will brings peace of mind. It brings joy to the heart. And it brings beauty to the world. The kingdom of heaven is beautiful. 
It should also be noted, though, that there are other pearls out there, right? This is a guy who collects pearls that finds this pearl of incredible value. There's other pearls out there that we think are very valuable, things like, I don't know, knowledge, art, music, literature, service to others, stories of the triumph of the human spirit. These are wonderful, beautiful, lovely pearls. But if they're the only pearls you have, there is a greater pearl. Let me give you an age-old truth, a way that the people in Jesus' time would have understood this parable. They would have looked at these other parables, this music and knowledge and art, literature, service, stories. They would have looked at them as ingredients. To make bread, you need a bunch of ingredients, right? Some salt and some sugar, some eggs and yeast and water. All these things go together. The collector of pearls, he stands back and he looks at all of his pearls and he says, oh, aren't they all so beautiful? These beautiful, beautiful pearls that I've collected. But Jesus ushers in a new age and the followers of Jesus bring a new understanding of these pearls. These pearls are ingredients that make something bigger and greater. The kingdom of heaven isn't about separation. It's about the joining of things. It takes these wonderful pearls, these wonderful ingredients, and it makes them something greater than they could ever be by themselves. Jesus pulls the ingredients. He adds the yeast to the dough. He works the yeast into every part of the dough, and Jesus makes bread. And when you've had a taste of this bread of life, you don't want any other bread. These other pearls are valuable. Make no mistake, they're beautiful, but they're not the pearl. They're not the greatest pearl. They're not the pearl that's worth selling everything else for. The kingdom of heaven holds that place. So what are you holding on to? What's getting in your ears, getting in front of your face that you can't see what the kingdom is right in front of you? And what are you holding on to? What do you keep holding on to that you're not willing to give up so that you can get the kingdom of heaven because Jesus is making something. He's gathering people and things and talents and ingredients to himself and he's working them together for his good, for his perfect plan. The kingdom of heaven is like a wedding. When I do a wedding, we get to walk through the ceremony. We get to talk about vows, right? And there are some old standard vows where you say, I take so-and-so and I take so-and-so to be my wedded husband or wife from this day forward, for better, for worse, in sickness and in health, richer, for poor, forsaking all others. forsaking all others. Because the kingdom of heaven is about joining things and not separating them. In giving something up, you find something absolutely incredible. You find a new picture and a new way of understanding the world around you. The kingdom of heaven, it's like a treasure hidden in a field. It's like a pearl found by somebody who has searched their whole life for the greatest pearl. It's like a wedding where you give up everything for one. 
The kingdom of heaven is here and it is near and whatever's getting in the way of us being a part of it, of us joining into it, of us seeing it and understanding it, it is time for us to give those things up. Now, I want to call Al back up because I want to take a moment to pray for Al. Pray over Al. Al has some closing words for the service, but we're going to wait for that until after we pray. Now, Al's got some appointments coming up because his health journey continues. Yeah, tomorrow I go for an ultrasound tomorrow, and then I go down to my kidney doctor on Thursday to see what the results of that will be. So I'm hoping everything's going to turn out fine this week. And that's what we'll hope with you. We want to pray for our congregation and the message that we're hearing this morning. And after we're done praying, we'll have the worship team come up and close us in our next song. And during that song, we want to open up our family altar time. Because maybe this morning, as you heard Al speak, you realize there's something that's been in your ears it's time to take out. Maybe there's a treasure that you weren't looking for that you found. Maybe there's been something you're searching for that you found this morning. Maybe there's just something that you need some prayer for. We want to invite you up to come and kneel. And Al and I are going to be up here, and we want to pray for you. Okay? So I'm going to pray, and then you can close the service after that. I'm going to read this verse here, too. You want to read it first? Yeah. Go ahead. I have another verse here out of Isaiah 43. Verse 11, it says, I am the Lord, the Lord, and there is no other Savior. So Jesus, back in Isaiah, has Isaiah write that down. And then that brings me up to John 14, verse 6, where Jesus said, I am the way, the life, and the truth. No one can get to the Father except through me. So that, John 14, verse 6, proves, I think it proves what Isaiah wrote down, what Jesus, there is no other Savior. So, anyone that is, anyone that the Lord is speaking to today, why, we invite you to come forward and open that door and let Jesus in. Hi, this is Pastor Nick. Thanks for listening. I hope something that you heard today was very helpful. If you want to connect with us further, feel free to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or our website, kanoichurch.org. Sure, I'm glad we're in this together.